You're listening to Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. Our goal is to not only share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon with conversations about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives and our community. You can find out more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for listening. Our scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the book of Exodus, beginning in uh, chapter one, no, chapter four, verse one. This this passage of scripture finds us in the middle of God of Moses' interaction with God in the bush that was burning but wasn't burning up. So hear the word of God for us this morning. Moses answered, But what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and turned it back, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand in his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous, and it had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if, you do not, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. This morning, uh, I would like to share with you uh, God's grace in my life. Uh, Where did I come from? Well, my mother, uh, Jennifer, uh, grew up in Pittman, New Jersey, uh, and went to Pittman UMC her entire life. And my father uh, grew up in Puebla, Mexico, uh, and was raised in a Baptist church in Mexico. And so growing up, I had these uh, two influences, main influences in my life, in my spiritual life, and um, I, I turned out all right. Uh, at least for a little bit, it was going good. Um, and so I actually wasn't baptized within the Methodist Church because of my father's 
upbringing uh, as a Baptist. And so it wasn't until I was six years old uh, that I decided that I really like this Jesus stuff. And all the people around me uh, that followed him uh, were some of the greatest influences in my life. And so I decided to get baptized at the age of six. And um, it took me a few years until I realized there's a difference between liking Jesus stuff uh, and having a relationship with Jesus. And it wasn't until uh, I attended Midwinter Advance in, uh, when I was 12 years old um, where I started that relationship uh, with Jesus and called him my Lord and Savior because the scripture says even the demons believe. And so it was taking that next step from just believing to having that relationship with him. Um, I was so excited to, you know, get the ground running and all the people in my life that followed Christ were heavily involved in the church. And so I uh, thought that the more I was involved in church was a direct reflection of how well my relationship with God was going. And so I was at everything for my age group and I joined every committee that would let me in, uh, everything except for the choir. And they were very wise with that decision. Um, I cannot sing, but I can praise and worship. And so uh, as the years progressed, my mother was very happy when I turned 16. She had done missions in Mexico for so long, and that's how my parents actually met, that we decided that it was time that we start taking mission trips down to Mexico once again, uh, with my mom leading and me co-leading, and we were helping this village build a church that they had been working on building at that point for about 24 years when we... Uh, started taking teams down. And so we took down uh, six to eight teams um, to go help this church. And now it's finished and they're able to use the sanctuary today, uh, which is a lovely blessing um, to witness. In 2016, I believe February 11th, yes, February 11th uh, was a big day for me. Um, at the time, I was going to nursing school at Rutgers Camden. Uh, I was in my junior year. I was in a long-term relationship. Uh, and on February 11th, got the news that my Aunt Margie had passed. Uh, she was only in her 50s, passed suddenly. And the same day, uh, got the news that my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And my mother had already battled cancer back in the 80s. And uh, a new form had come back in 2000. 16. Uh, shortly after this, I uh, dropped out, failed out, left, it's debatable, left nursing school, um, wasn't doing too great in nursing school. And so uh, I was out of school, aunt had just passed, mom was fighting breast cancer, and my long-term relationship ended also shortly after this. And so Whenever you interact with people, as I always talk with the youth kids, when you see family after a long time, it's always the same three questions. How's school going? What's your favorite class? And what sports are you doing? It's the same kind of questions you want to check up. And also the, look how big you've gotten. It's the same kind of repetitive things. And so when I was seeing people, it was, how's school going? I'm not in school right now. Uh, oh, but you're with that really nice girl how is she doing? Oh, we're not together. Oh, uh, your family. How's your family doing? Aunt just passed and mom has breast cancer. And so it felt like every area of my life was going down the tube. Uh, 
Recently, we've done math and found out that that same month, February of 2016, is when I first met my future wife, Rebecca, which is very lovely. Yeah, we can applaud for that. I saw that, Mackenzie. <laughs> uh, and that's the point of this sermon, is how unworthy I am um, of God's grace, but also being able to call her my wife. And so I get to uh, meet Rebecca shortly after that, and uh, we don't really uh, start a relationship until later in the year. Um, but also during this season, I start taking care of my grandfather. I had lived with my grandfather for a handful of years uh, up until this point since my grandmother had passed. And uh, my nursing training up until that point came in handy being uh, his main caretaker at home for a couple of years. And with Rebecca being a nurse, I now know the lingo uh, when she wants to share it. And uh, this year opened up so many possibilities, not only to enjoy time with my grandfather and to start a relationship with Rebecca, but uh, it opened the possibility to travel. So I was able to travel um, to at least half a dozen countries. And am I really echoey? Yeah, oh, Deb's giving me the, okay. Try that again, is that a little better? Okay. And so one of the opportunities I had was to go down to Colombia and uh, I helped a friend who needed translations. Uh, and so I went with him, and this is a city of the beautiful city of Medellin, Colombia, the city of Eternal Spring. And the first night we were there, was out on a balcony in one of these hotel, not hotel, the apartment towers, and looking out into the city. And I felt such an overwhelming voice without being an audible voice of God saying that I was called to be there at some point. And so through the rest of that trip, I was like, okay, God, but like, what am I going to do here? When am I going to be here? And he started lining things up uh, to help with Compassion International uh, Centers for Children, and he provided housing and people I could stay with. And then I said, okay, but what about when? When is this going to happen? We return home after... A uh, week and a half of travel and praying and praying, and I finally uh, feel like God's calling me to the, the spring of 2017 is when this window kind of opened up and, and a dear friend of mine was able to stay with my grandfather as I lived in Medellin, Colombia, and Chigorodo, one month each in the spring of 2017, working at Compassion International Centers, and I was freaking out. Uh, at the prospect of going, leaving everything I kind of knew and loved, which was exciting at some times, but also scary. Uh, and the night before I went, I was reflecting on the scripture that we just read where, uh, where uh, Moses says, Lord, I'm slow to speak. Please send someone else. Uh, very much leaned into that scripture but was also reminded that God says, who created your mouths and gave you the ability to speak and, and trusting in him to be able to go forward and do um, that mission. And so I went, I did, I just showed up every day and said, what, what can I do? Ranged from clerical work, uh, which was invigorating, uh, teaching English classes, teaching um, pizza-making classes that one semester of Italian cuisine paid off, um, taught instruments, 
uh, God provided. Uh, I can't read music. I'm not nearly as trained um, as the walkers, but uh, they had a saxophone at the uh, location in Chigorodo and a student that wanted to uh, learn it, but no one to teach it. And so YouTube, right? So I YouTube how to play saxophone. I call all the music teachers that I know and uh, turns out it's just like the recorder with some extra sharps and flats in there. Uh, so I was able to learn the basics and uh, teach this student not only how to play Amazing Grace and Happy Birthday, the standards, uh, but also how to find music for the saxophone and so he could move forward learning how to use it. And so God was able to use me in ways that I never knew or even thought that I'd be qualified to teach and provide. The, the pizza classes were so beneficial because not only do we get to make pizza, we get to eat it, but it also prepares the students to work in the restaurant business. And so it's also vocational training as well as feeding them. And in this time, God matured me in, in so many ways that were well overdue. And um, I, I had so many opportunities that I wasn't even anticipating in addition to the pizza classes and the saxophone. I was asked to join a Sunday school at the church. So every Compassion International Center is connected with a church, whether physically or by association. And they said, can you join us for our Sunday school? I said, great, that sounds wonderful. I show up to Sunday school that morning and they have all these kids in a big semicircle. And they say, okay, ask the missionary any question you want. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was gonna sit here, attempt to listen and understand in Spanish, and it was all going to, you know, I'm just a participant, not, not the focus of attention. And one of the kids asked me, how do I become a missionary like you? And my immediate response was, aren't we all called to mission? Is the Great Commission not for each and every one of us as believers? We're all called to share the gospel where we are, our community around us, and to the ends of the world. Um, and so I shared, you know, God may call you to international missions. He may be calling you somewhere else in your country. He may call you to stay right here at home. And are you going to trust him to provide? Because the how-to part is trusting in God to provide. Yes, there's involvement in saying yes and, and asking him for direction on how to uh, receive that providence, but it's trusting in him to provide what is needed. And so... That really stuck with me, and then shortly after, I had to listen to my own advice. Um, but I, I returned back home, and I feel like God is preparing me for international mission. And I didn't know where, I didn't know when, once again, but I wanted to be as prepared as possible. So I went to uh, Rowan University, right down in Glassboro, and uh, got my degree in philosophy and religion, with a concentration in, I believe, religion. I'll have to read the paper to find out. And... Through that training, I figured once you have a bachelor's, that helps open more doors for wherever God wants to call me. And in our classes, they always talk about how you're not getting a job with this degree unless you get a master's. And I had no intention of getting a master's. And yet a week after I had finished my last class, I was called to, well, I was inquired about a youth pastor position at Trinity United Methodist Church in Mullica Hill. Um, I fought it tooth and nail uh, for about a week because I said, God, if I'm willing to go wherever you want and most people aren't, 
Why would you send me five minutes from my home? Right? And uh, prayed, prayed, prayed with Rebecca, prayed with wise counsel and pastor friends, and eventually came to the conclusion that, like, this is where God wants us. And because I was fully prepared, Rebecca and I, we were planning we were going to get married that fall. And, well, we did get married that fall. And I was just prepared to move down towards the shore where her family's from and have a minimum wage job until God calls us somewhere. And instead, he calls us five minutes from where I was. And we said yes, and we followed that calling. And God had so many blessings and so many things prepared uh, for me at Trinity that I needed in my life without even knowing. Uh, Believe it or not, God knows what we need even when we don't. And I got to meet Scott Rambo, uh, and I got to work with Deb Monjardo. We have a couple of uh, ex-staff from Malika Hill this morning, and they were able to mentor me and show me what it was like to be organized and take care of an office and uh, think ahead on things, because I was just really good at playing games with kids, right? I was a youth volunteer for four or five years at Pittman, and I went from having all the fun to organizing and dealing with parents. And that was a very big transition for me, um, which wasn't a bad, it's just not in my natural wheelhouse, we should say. And so in, in this season, I am learning so much, I'm growing so much, and then Scott leaves. That's on you. Uh, but God calls Scott here to Collingswood, and um, at one point, this job for what I'm currently filled, the assistant pastor, opens up, or they are aware that Sean will be departing, and Scott mentions it to me and Rebecca, and we say, you know, we don't really feel called to it, but we'll pray about it, and so we pray, we pray, you know, we don't feel like God's drawing us to this position, and over the next six months after that conversation, um, we felt God pushing us towards this position Uh, which I'm very grateful for because emotionally I couldn't handle feeling like I was choosing to leave the kids that we were shepherding at Trinity. Um, I felt like there was unfinished business and I just didn't want to let go of the seeds that we had planted and we were watering at that time. It was very selfish of me and so God made it so I didn't have to feel that guilt by pushing me uh, towards this position and what a blessing that has been now. In this season, uh, we also have my mother, if we rewind a little bit, um, who in 2016 breast cancer, went through radiation and and had remission. Um, But last year uh, was diagnosed once again with breast cancer, but this time stage four. And this time, uh, I can't even count how many places it's currently in at this point, but I'd say four or five different areas of the body and and growing every day. And... um, We've been more intentional with that time together with my mother. We've been leaning into it. Um, But when she received that diagnosis, she walked out of the doctor's office, because it's COVID, so you know you can't have extra people with you. And she walked out of the doctor's office with a smile on her face. Sorry. And her first words were, praise God. That is something that you can't attain with the world. Uh, 
that peace beyond understanding, that strength and that joy in the Lord. Uh, and I've been so blessed to witness that in my life, time and time again, how God has shown up in my life, in the life of those that I love. And so many people, you know, see what's happening with my mom and say, you know, what a faithful servant of the Lord. How could he allow this to happen? Um, and that's a very easy perspective to have. Um, but when she had cancer in the 80s with uh, lymphoma cancer, uh, they gave her five years to live and that she would never have a kid. And so here I am, and it's been over 30 years since that diagnosis. And so it's so easy to look at the trials that we are currently facing without acknowledging the miracles that God has already done and provided in our lives. Um, and so as we move forward in the slides as well as uh, my testimony, as we individually look at where God is leading us and the paths that we are called to, are we willing to say yes instead of giving the excuses that we give, whether we're slow to speak, whether we uh, you know, don't feel fully qualified to go. Um, as we look through all of the protagonists, as we see in Scripture, is that God doesn't usually, if ever, call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And so it's leaning into what he can do through us. Um, and I'm currently led to FUMC uh, Collingswood and this uh, lovely building with tons of history. And Tim, you can go to the next one. Um, but in the earliest part of the scripture that we read this morning, we see what God can do. We see staff to snake, snake to staff, healthy hand, leprosy, back to healthy hand, right? So how many things have you witnessed here as a congregation that God has done and worked through in the past? And yet sometimes when it comes to us being a part of it, we go, whoa, whoa, whoa God, yeah, I've seen you do this with other people. I've seen you do it in scripture, but I'm slow to speak, right? I can't be the one that you're able to use and speak through. Um, and so I implore us to reflect. Actually, I'm seeing all these beautiful faces. Look around you right now, if you could, at all the people around you. And I mean that. Look around, look around. Turn those heads. Stretch a little bit. Um, all the people that God is using currently, but also he's not asking you to do this alone, but he's provided this community to encourage us and help lead us into the way that is Christ. Uh, but also, as believers, has given us the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. And so I don't want us to uh, feel bad if we feel empty with nothing to provide because that's where God comes and fills up that space and is able to use it and do his best work. And doesn't the world need him now more than ever, right? And so instead of expecting others to be able to do that and saying, Lord, send someone else, why don't we ask, Lord, how can you use me where I am now? to be on mission, to share your gospel here in my community and around the world.